Hello and welcome to the Ice Guy. This is the show that takes you into the world of the National Hockey League. Every game, every day, from a betting perspective. With pro sports handicappers, Ian Cameron, Alex P. Smith, and various guests from the world of hockey and sports betting. And now, here's your host, Ian Cameron. Welcome to a Beantown Friday edition of the Ice Guys. Friday, February 23rd, presented by Boston Hemp, Inc. Ian Cameron, Alex B. Smith with you, ready to break down the Friday uh, NHL card. Uh, sometimes we have Jimmy Murphy on Friday, but he's got Maddie, his beautiful little daughter, with him uh, this weekend. So we'll get him back on the show next week. Uh, but we're looking forward to uh, three games tonight. It's a short card, but there's actually some really good bets out there. I thought it was not a bad card for just three games. So uh, looking forward to breaking those down. But first, we'll get into the recap uh, on Thursday's action. By the way, go back and watch the last two episodes if you missed them because the guests were phenomenal both times. Carter Hutton did a great job on Wednesday. Equally great Mike Volman yesterday, especially yeah. explaining his thesis that he wrote in college regarding uh, NHL betting, the algorithm and the uh, formula that he put together uh, as far as NHL and um, still, of course, playing over in Switzerland. That was a fun uh, guest yesterday here in Mike's perspective. So, again, check out those two episodes uh, if you missed them uh, yesterday and uh, Wednesday. As far as last night goes, it was a uh, entertaining night as usual. Big slate, lots going on. Uh, we start with the Rangers and Devils, obviously big rivalry and equally big statement by the New York Rangers uh, last night. Five to one, that game was never close, never competitive. New Jersey never felt for one second that they were in that game. Uh, and it was really unfortunate because, look, early in the game, they get a five-minute power play, a major penalty to Matt Rempe, who, of course, what a way to make his NHL debut against the Islanders in the stadium series. He gets a, in a fight in his first shift in the NHL with Matt Martin. He ends up clobbering Nathan Bastion. Uh, Bastion is seeing stars shaken up down on the ice, and he's given a match penalty. I hope he doesn't get suspended, though, because, look, I know the point of contact was the head, but Ryan Whitney's been on this. Uh, there's other people on Twitter, X that have been on this theme, and I'm on it, too. I agree with it. What's the guy supposed to do when he's that big and he's that tall? What is he supposed to do? I mean, it's just one of those deals we're supposed to crouch down you know, and hit Bastion so that, so that he doesn't, you know, come close to hitting him in the head. So it's a tough call there. He's not like, I get it. The first point of contact was the head, but what's he supposed to do when he's that height? And Nathan Bastion is much uh, shorter than him. What's he supposed to do? He's got, that's his game, Matt Rempe. That's how he got to the National Hockey League, being physical, laying out people, being a good open ice hitter, being a, a you know, a player that's going to make you pay on the other side. So I think when you look at it, I, I, I think the five-minute penalty was warranted clearly because of the head contact, but I hope this doesn't trickle down into a suspension as well. I think the five minutes is good enough. He served his time. It's done. Let's move on. I don't think he needs to be suspended after that. And uh, the Devils were given an opportunity right then and there, five-minute power play, and it was about as bad a power play as you could ask for, not only in that five-minute stretch, but the rest of the game. Lindy Ruff getting questioned after the game about the power play struggles. Uh, he, him saying the media is influencing that. So it's starting to get a little hot under their collar right now in New Jersey. You know, a team that needs wins desperately to make the playoffs. And it looked like they were starting to gain some traction there last weekend going into the stadium series. And they backed it up with two rather uninspiring games, big time uninspiring games. You get drilled by Washington and then you lose last night to the New York Rangers. So these two losses to the Caps and the Rangers have the Devils basically going backward a little bit. 4-1 Ottawa. I, I'm sorry for our guy, Matty Robinson. That was atrocious from his Dallas Stars last night. And I, I worry that that game last night was a sign of that Bruin and Ranger game that they played where they were the better team. They played well. They should have won both games. It's almost like that zapped them physically, mentally, emotionally, and they had nothing in the tank last night. That's what it looked like. Absolutely nothing. Nothing physically, nothing mentally, nothing emotionally. They didn't have their legs. There was no pushback whatsoever when Ottawa went up 3-1, 4-1. About as bad a game as I've seen out of the Dallas Stars in quite some time in that 4-1 loss to the Ottawa Senators. Pittsburgh bounces back 4-1 against Montreal. Tough spot for Montreal it was. Still, I'm okay losing the Montreal in the draw because I didn't trust Pittsburgh, but we'll give the Penguins credit. They got a win they had to have 
last night. The Lightning continue to suck. 5-3, they lose to Washington. And uh, we got to get concerned right now with Tampa Bay. This is two home games after losses, and they've been poor in both games. The Ottawa game, and then, of course, the Washington game last night. And Vasilevsky's not shutting the door. Let's be real. He has not come up with these big saves the last couple of games either for the uh, Tampa Bay Lightning. So those struggles continue. And now, look, this team's not good as it is on the road. Now they're starting to lose at home, and that is now alarm bells. And if you're the Tampa Bay Lightning, you you got to be just worried about making the playoffs at this point. Uh, they are losing puck battles. They're losing foot race situations, which is exactly to Kevin's point in the chat. Uh, and that's a part, part of old players, a lot of wear and tear, and they're slower. You know, they're not as fast a team as they were two years, three years, four years ago. It's just not the case anymore, and you're seeing it. And they are... They're in a bit of a rut right now. They lose again 5-3. Uh, Florida-Carolina was a great game. I don't want to hear any nonsense that one nothing. Oh, there was only one goal. Must have been a boring game. Couldn't have been further from the truth. It was an outstanding hockey game. The goaltending was spectacular both ways. Both Russians in net were terrific. Bobrovsky, Kochetkov, that was one of his best games of the season. Uh, what a crazy finish. It was no score right till late in the third. It looked like Florida took the lead, uh, and then, of course, they called the, the challenge. The goal was called back. And then Carolina, in the dying seconds of the third period, Sebastian Ajo gives them the one nothing lead, the game winner uh, for a victory there for the Hurricanes, a huge win for the Carolina Hurricanes in that game. Unfortunately for us draw betters, a very, very tough pill to swallow as we're yeah. seven seconds away from cashing the draw there, and it falls just short. And a little ruckus at the end of the game as well with uh, – a scrum after the at the end of the game uh, as the final horn sounded and only and of course Pyotr Kochetkov get, gets involved because that's that's Pyotr Kochetkov. He helps his team when his team's in a little bit of a scrum. He's not scared to get involved, get in the mix. He major melee, but it was a little one at the end of that game, sticking up for his team. Uh, I don't mind that whatsoever, out of Mike. But, but the only concern I would have, the only thing negative about it is I'd be concerned he gets hurt, and you can't right. afford him to get hurt right now because. I don't trust Ronta. I don't trust Anderson. I've said that a million times. You've got to, if you're Rod Brindamore, I've seen enough. I've, you've got to run with Kochekov, game one, first round of the playoffs in April. I think you've got to give him that net. Simple as that. He was great last night in that game. We'll pause there and get Alex's thoughts on those early slate of games from last night. Yeah, that that game, we'll just start with there that, uh, like I said, I call him Piotr Brodeur. The way that they were, him and uh, and Bobrovsky were dueling in that game, that was uh, just fun to watch. And, and we almost had what would have been the third or fourth 0-0 game going to OT this year alone, which is just baffling to think about when you think of all the offense we've seen in the last couple of years. Uh, that we, you know, still having some games that will go scoreless into the 60-minute mark. But it went about 58 before that uh, one goal came in. And that, that's a good battle between two teams that saw each other in the playoffs last year. And, and hey, we said, you know, Maybe they're not division rivals, they're conference rivals, so that animosity doesn't always carry over. That might be something brewing now where if, if you know we should happen to see those two teams meet again in the postseason this year, that could become a, a full-fledged rivalry out east. Speaking of rivalries out east, you got the Rangers and the Devils. And, you know, I looked at that Rempe hit several times, and, you know, the thing is, like you said, he crouches down. Okay, Bastion probably gets crushed even worse than he already did. He probably gets flipped on his head or he gets sent into the glass. So, you know, like I said, you're that big and you got a guy that small, collisions are bound to happen and, and they're going to look ugly. And, and it's just the natural discourse that, he, you know, hits him in the head because the guy's only, what, 5'11 with skates on. So that's just an unfortunate thing. Penalty assessed should be carried over, but shouldn't be anything else after that as far as suspensions or fines or anything like that. So uh, hopefully we don't see that and hopefully that doesn't, kind of shadow, foreshadow things with that. But like I said, a great game. Nonetheless, Rangers with a statement that they needed to make for sure. Uh, and, and like I said, showing up at big against a rival, that, that's important to do this time of year and carry some momentum over. You need to have momentum setting wins. I think Toronto, which we'll talk about a little later, had another momentum setting win. And even uh, looking at you know the game, uh, going back with uh, Ottawa, you know they're out of the race. But that's something to build upon later on, especially if Dallas can get things in the right way and look good in the playoffs. Ottawa can kind of go back and say, hey, those, those moral victories in the second half against top-tier teams, that's something you can carry over if you're trying to read. Because they're in a rebuild, right? Like, they're a team that could have qualified for the playoffs. But essentially, they're in a rebuild because of the new ownership, coaching. We don't – we probably don't think Jacques Martin's going to stick around after this year, guessing that's kind of leading to some other bigger changes. So they're – 
I like what they're doing in, in the aspect of, okay, we're, we're not as good as we need to be, but we're rebuilding on the fly and, and making these changes and having wins like that against, against top-tier opponents, something you can build upon even if it doesn't mean anything uh, in the grand scheme of things. Now, for Dallas on the other end, that's a terrible loss to have. Uh, you can't just you can't have any any no shows the rest of the way. When you have Colorado playing well, when you got all these teams down the central starting to buzz around the Winnipeg, St. Louis coming out of nowhere, Minnesota back from the dead, uh, Nashville still hanging around. You cannot afford to have no shows because one no show turns into two, turns into three, turns into a, a, a bunch of mess. Look at what LA is going through right now. Dallas cannot afford to get into that situation. They have to find a way to to start playing some playoff hockey right now. You know, we talk about a lot of teams that will probably be taking off and getting ready to rest and kind of sit, slow down that are at the top of their divisions, top of their conferences. Dallas can't afford to do that. Dallas has to keep their foot on the gas the next two dozen games heading into the playoffs if they want to be a serious contender in the West because there's a lot of teams gunning for them at the bottom, and they're nowhere near where they need to be to compete as my eyes with the Vegases and the Vancouver's and the Colorado's of the world at this moment. Yeah, and um, look, uh, and they need another defenseman, Dallas, as well. They really do. Uh, you know, they need another shutdown. Jason Demers said it on uh, tw- Twitter X last night. I agree with that. They need more of that. There's no question. So, uh, you know, that's definitely going to be something to w- w- watch what Jim Nill does uh, prior to the GM for that blue line, shore it up a little bit uh, for the uh, Dallas Stars. Uh, the rest of the games last night, we saw the Blues. How about a, bl- a blanking of the Islanders, four to nothing? Uh, the Islanders, one step forward, two steps back. They get a big win against Pittsburgh. Uh, they can't follow it up against uh, the uh, St. Louis Blues last night. And how about Patrick Waugh pulling the goalie down 3 nothing with 11 minutes and change left in the third period? I couldn't believe it when I saw it. It's like, wow. Uh, I know he pulls that goalie early and down three goals, but 11 minutes to go uh, in the third period. And unfortunately, it was about the worst result possible because they got the goalie out and then like barely seconds later, there's St. Louis scoring into the empty net to make it 4 nothing. And uh, that's the risk you run, but that's uh, Patrick Waugh. Uh, he is uh, beats to his own drum when it comes to that part of the coaching game, the uh, goaltender removal. Uh, that is, look, I get it. You know, three goals down, give yourself a team a chance to win with maybe five, six, even seven minutes. But wow, 11 minutes left. Uh, in the third period, and you're pulling the goalie. But you know what this means? When you see the Islanders down anywhere from one to three goals in the third period of a game moving forward, you hit that live over in the third period somehow, some way, because yeah. clearly this coach is not shy with taking the goalie out, especially midway through the third period. So that's definitely something to keep an eye on moving forward. Uh, as far, And we know Wah was the innovator of that. Well, he's taken it to another level last night. And by the way, the Garrett Rank call is viral now on NHL Twitter with his, you're not going to like it, but the call on the ice stands, we have no goal last night in that Islanders-Blues game. Ah, At least he's being honest. Now, I know the old school refs. I know Tim Peel's on Twitter, and he does his own show now. Kind of like, nah, that's not good. That's not professional officiating. The NHL's not going to like him saying that, but... But I don't know about that. I mean, that's just, you know, it's not that bad. And I laughed at it. It was kind of funny. But, uh, you know, you're not going to like it, but the call on the ice stands. I didn't mind it. I know there's some people that say that lacks professionalism from the referee. Just make the call. A lot of people were saying that. Uh, You know, just say the call on the ice stands, no goal. But, you know, it's it's exactly. I think it's all in good fun. I got a laugh out of it. No big deal to me. What do you think, Alex, about that? Uh, I think that's hilarious that Tim Peel thinks that's not professional. Mr. Caught on the hot mic and lost his fucking job. Like, really? Really right now? Like, you got to be kidding me. So that, that that that's hilarious. But I thought that was great. I yeah, thought it was funny. Him, yeah, with what yeah, happened. Right. Him, exactly. Yeah, the, the fucking nerve. But but I thought it was great. You know, these guys, they, you know, they're trying to get the call right, right? And they don't want to mess it up because – it's important, right? And it's going to be over the last week. Everybody's going to hear. It. So they turn them on earlier. They turn them on later. There's always some kind of issue. So we know that they're, they're chattering the whole time before they turn their mics on. And so you know, he just said what you know what what he felt, and that was the call because he knew that the booze and stuff were going to come. So you know, it was just he he you know was in the moment, and I, I didn't think there was anything wrong with that. He didn't get the call wrong. <laughs> you know, he it would have been that would have been worse. Be a robot out there and yeah. just give like a robotic it, generic call. Like come on. 
Yeah. If he had said it and, and said the wrong team or got the wrong player or something, then that would have been the all-time boneheaded, you know, blooper forever. But he didn't, and it was just a, a funny moment, and we move on. But, yeah, Tim can settle down with that. <laughs> I, I laughed. Yeah, I thought it was funny. I thought it was funny. It's no, no and harmless at the end of the day. What we're, yeah, right. we we got to be so professional as a referee. we got to be fucking more robots and just, you know, very generic and no emotion and say just the standard shit, you know, the call on the ice stands, no goal. Doesn't anybody like Wes McCauley doing the five minutes for fighting? I mean, people like that, don't they, when he does that? A little energy, a little enthusiasm, a little pep, you know, in the announcement over the mic uh, during a game, you know. So that's what I felt with Garrett Rank last night. A little fun. Just had a little fun. No, nobody's going to yeah, get hurt no, by it. No. Nobody hurt me. here. No exactly. big deal. No big deal. All right. Next up, we had uh, Boston-Calgary. Credit to the Flames. 3-2 overtime win. Typical Calgary. I'm going to pay attention to this. Don't bet against Calgary when they're a home underdog because these are the games they show up in, you know, at home against the better teams. They beat Winnipeg. They beat Boston back-to-back as home underdogs. Now we're going to see them probably, well, not so much against Edmonton. They'll be up for that game, too, because it's the Battle of Alberta. But next time they're, like, laying a big number against, like, an Anaheim at home, that's when you bet against Calgary. <laughs> and uh, I know John Massey's been on that beat. With, you know, we remember the San Jose game uh, earlier. But, yeah, they, they do it play up and they play down, and they played up last night to Boston. They caught Boston in a little bit of a tricky spot, banged up blue line back-to-back on the road after the big overtime win against Edmonton. Uh, but Calgary capitalized on it. We capitalized on it. Alex and I, we both like first period over uh, in that game. But I also remember cautioning people on the show yesterday. I was worried the game might slow down after that first period. Uh, and that's yep. exactly what ended up happening. It stayed under the full game, ending 3-2, of course, for Calgary with the uh, overtime win. But first period over was Alex's uh, best bet. It ends up cashing in. Uh, three out of four with the best bets, actually, yesterday on the show, because uh, Mike Volman, our guest, cast with Carolina uh, against Florida. I had the you had the uh, Boston Bruins, Calgary Flames first period over, uh, and I had Toronto Vegas first period over. A rare first period over best bet for me. That's now eight and one, eight and one to the over in the first period in the last nine games for the uh, Vegas Golden Knights. And Alex, you can talk about this in a second here. Uh, and uh, because I know you have some thoughts on it, you statement victory. Look, I get it. Vegas is a little vulnerable right now. No Jack Eichel, no Mark Stone. Those are two big pieces, but this is still a capable enough team, even without them, especially at home off back-to-back losses. You expected Vegas to want to bring it for Toronto to play like they did. I couldn't believe what I was watching Alex in the first period of that. I could not believe it. It's Toronto was just skating Vegas out of their own fucking rink in the first period. I couldn't believe it. Like they were all over Vegas. Vegas couldn't do anything. They couldn't get the puck out. They couldn't stop the cycle. They were they're, they're, they're like they were spinning in turnstiles in their own zone. Toronto was skating circles around Vegas in that first period. And they com- it was the best period by far Toronto's played all year. It's not even debatable. Four nothing in the first period. They jump out to that lead. Uh, and then look, it got a little interesting in the third. Fell asleep a little bit when it was 6-1. Uh, Vegas got it to 6-3, but then Toronto said enough of that. Austin Matthews scores his what now? 52nd goal, uh, makes it 7-3, and it pretty much put the game to bed. Uh, about as dominant and, and terrific a road effort and effort overall that I've seen from Toronto. That was a statement, No, uh, regardless of no stone and no Eichel. To me, that was still a, a strong statement by Toronto. And I think, too, Alex, uh, something to keep in mind, too, with this win Toronto, we know people are making a big deal. They were undefeated without Morgan Riley. Morgan Riley served the five-game suspension. They went 5-0. and The long-term record for the Leafs without Morgan Riley is like 21-2-3. and It's incredible. Could you imagine how those players would feel? You know, 5-0 and without Morgan Riley. Morgan Riley comes back from his suspension last night, and they lose that game. And I think there was kind of like that feeling that, come on, we, we went 5-0 and without him. Now he's back. We can't just lose this game. We got to come out here and get this job done with Morgan Riley, one of our veteran defensemen back, and they sure did last night against uh, Vegas. So, very impressive by the Leafs. Well, you'd have to trade him if you lost that game last night, right? <laughs> but, <laughs> you can't do okay. yeah. 21-2-3, I mean, when you see yeah. that, it's kind of like, oh, if he's having an off night, you probably think about benching him, maybe, <laughs> but with that kind of a record. But uh, but no, like I said, it, not a bad loss for Vegas. Vegas is going through the motions right now, and Better to go through the motions in February than April or May. 
But this is a huge statement win for, for Toronto in my eyes. And the reason why being, look at the game they came off of with Arizona, right? You had Matthews get the two goals, got to 50, 350 for his career. Him and Nyes are back home. They got all those friends and family stuff. They could have easily, after that win, gone and, you know, partied it up a little bit and kind of relax. Well, some people did party it up for Arizona, I guess. And then uh, eventually going there, uh, to Vegas and, and lay an egg in that contest. They didn't. They came out guns blazing. And uh, and I think that's a big win. And, you know, Rick Flair says to be the man, you got to beat the man. If Toronto wants to get to that point of being in a Stanley Cup final, winning a Stanley Cup championship, you have to beat those top tier teams. And even if they are slumping, you beat a team like Vegas 7-3 to in their home, that sends a message throughout the entire league. Hey, this Toronto team's getting hot and hot and heating up more and more. And uh, it's a team you might have to be worried about now later in the season where usually we just kind of cross them off as a one and done. If they can keep this momentum going into the playoffs, watch out. Yeah, there's still that element, and there always will be with the Toronto Maple Leafs. Let me see it in playoff time uh, from them. But nevertheless, right now it's uh, been very impressive, this run. And it's almost like that Morgan Riley play on Murdley Gregg in the Ottawa game that got him suspended kind of brought this team closer together. It was like, look, we're sticking up for one another. We're not letting anyone push us around. We're not letting anyone, you know, showboat in front of us or, you know, sh- you know, show what, you know, get one up on us. Uh, and uh, since that incident, you know, they've played very well. There's no doubt. And then the last two games last night, um, Nashville 4-1 against L.A. Uh, Alex right on the money there. Nashville money line playing well in L.A. They do so again. Uh, a 4-1 win. Great job by Soros. He was very sharp last night in net for the uh, Nashville Predators. And they get the nice 4-1 to win on the road, winning again in L.A., which has become commonplace for uh, the Nashville Predators. And look, the Vancouver Canucks, uh, their fourth straight loss against Seattle, uh, fourth straight loss overall, losing to Seattle 5-2. Mistakes defensively, um, bad on special teams, penalty kill and power play. Um, and now there's growing concerns. Now, there's no alarm bells yet. It's the first four-game losing streak of the season. But Rick Tockett was visibly upset for the first time all season last night, saying we had a four or five no-shows, and that's on me. I didn't get our guys ready. Uh, but he said four or five guys got to look themselves in the mirror here and say, you know what? They got to rip uh, amp it up to another level. Uh, so it was a bit of an agitated Rick Tockett. I haven't seen that much. He hasn't had reason to be agitated uh, much of the season. But – you know, it's interesting. Raymond in the chat saying Tampa broken, Vancouver broken. Right now they're broken. The question is, can they get it back? I think for Vancouver, they can get it back. Yeah. Tampa Bay, I'm I'm more skeptical. I am way more skeptical of Tampa Bay because of the age factor, because of all the games under their belt, because of how slow they look, because of how Vasilevsky's not playing like he once did. I am way more. Tampa may be broken for good this season. I'm not saying that about Vancouver. They're just in a funk right now. They're in a slump. I still think there's they can get that back on the tracks. Yeah, Tampa is broken. Tampa was broken at the beginning of the year. Tampa's been broken all, all season long. They've just been able to kind of go through the motions and play well, but they are a broken team. Like I said, this is an older group. It was a beaten down group, and, and, and they have flaws and holes that they can't patch up anymore because they had to move off so many guys. They're right in the spot of, of, of the end of the Pittsburgh run. Or the end of the LA Kings run, where they just they don't have any more horses in the stable to plug and play in the, into their spots and into their system. And the guys that they do have, they're not consistent enough. You know, you get a guy like Brandon Hagel who's playing lights out, but then you have other guys you know, on those, those bottom six boards that you usually rely on to kind of chip in. They aren't doing shit. Uh, you know, Vasilevsky has has been human. Jonas Johansson is Jonas Johansson. So when you have those two goaltenders, you, you and you looking at all the other teams that are doing well in the East. Uh, somebody's got to fall out of favor, and that's Tampa Bay. Now, Vancouver, yeah, this is once again right there with Vegas. And what a perfect time for Vancouver to have a slump if you're going to have a slump at all. At the same time, Vegas is not playing well because that's all you need is that if Vegas was on a hot run winning five in a row while Vancouver falls out, now next thing they're talking about, oh, is Vancouver even going to have home ice in the first round? Are they going to fall to third? Are they going to fall to a wild card spot? We'd be talking about them free-falling out of space. I don't expect that. Vegas and Vancouver will still be one and two, neck and neck, all the way down probably to the last week of the season, fighting for that uh, Pacific Division title. Tampa Bay, on the other hand, they could be really falling out of favor. And unless they can find a way to swing some giant trade to get some momentum and some pieces they need, I probably see them being out of the playoffs. I mean, that's the reason why I bet that going all the way back to September. I bet them to miss the postseason, even before the Vasilevsky injury news. So 
uh, you know, a lot of hockey, and, and the, the Crows have come home to roost with them. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, and by the way, I missed Detroit, Colorado in the in, in the recap. Uh, great win by Detroit. They pulled it out in overtime, two to one. Uh, I expected them to put way more goals on the board against Eustace Onanen, but you know you can't score if you don't shoot. They only had five shots on goal in the first period of the Detroit Red Wings in that game. And I'm like, shoot the fucking puck on this guy. This has been really poor Crazy. for Colorado. Finally, they started to get some shots. Albeit though, to his credit, he did play better. On and then last night was one of his better starts, but eventually they got the shots going and they get the uh, two to one win uh, last night against the uh, Colorado Avalanche. So there's a team that's not going away. Detroit right in that mix there in the playoff and the wild card race and a huge two points for them last night. Uh, and showtime by Patrick Kane getting the game winner, Sir Patrick Kane. What a feed by Dylan Larkin uh, on that game winning goal uh, for the Detroit Red Wings and a heck of a call by the Red Wing TV voice Ken Daniels as well. Uh, he's great with those overtime winners for Detroit. Uh, he gets into it, and rightfully so. It was a big win for them last night uh, against the Colorado Avalanche. All right, we're going to get into the Friday card in just a moment. Shout out to everyone in the chat. Hit the like button if you haven't done so already. We're going to hear from our sponsors twice. This will be the first of the two times. Our great sponsors, Boston Hemp Inc. They've been sponsoring Beantown Friday, uh, uh, the uh, Beantown Friday edition of the Ice Guys show for months, but now the last month, they're also everyday sponsors uh, of the show uh, we will hear from them right now boston hemp inc Right, shout out to Boston and Pink, our great sponsors here of the Ice Guys show. All right, let's get into Friday's card. We've got three games, and we will begin with the Buffalo Sabres taking on the Columbus Blue Jackets. We have Buffalo now up to minus 160 road favorites here uh, in this game, six and a half the total. And it's one of those games where I'm glad I jumped on it early uh, here in this matchup. But really, I think the main focal point when you handicap this game is just how brutal on paper the scheduling spot is for Columbus. It really, truly is. You know, they were in L.A. and Anaheim on a back-to-back uh, earlier this week. Now they're coming back from the West Coast, playing at home against Buffalo. Third game in four nights, one day in between the Anaheim game on Wednesday at the end of that trip, and now back home against Buffalo tonight. It's about as difficult as you could ask for for the Blue Jackets. Uh, they're coming off a nice win against Anaheim. Can they carry it over? You know, it's funny. Both of these teams are off victories, and both of these teams have been absolutely, positively horrid at stringing multiple wins together, back-to-back wins together. I've talked about Buffalo being bad at it all season. Columbus is just as bad. In fact, they might even be worse, because if you look at Columbus, after each of their last three wins, they've lost the very next game. Buffalo got a 3-2 win against Montreal. This is another dad's trip game for Buffalo. The dads were with them in Montreal. They are with them again here in Columbus tonight, and uh, it probably a big part of it probably is the dads were in the house, but they played a great game against Montreal. I saw them competing defensively as hard as I have seen them away from the puck uh, in recent memory. Uko Pekka Lukanen, and by the way, wasn't that a phenomenal intro by the Mr. Lukanen in the uh, dressing room before the game? He put it with that perfect Swedish accent on how you pronounce that name? Ukopekalukanen. I mean, it just sounded absolutely outstanding. So that was really awesome. Uh, he was good in that game uh, for the Sabres. He's projected to be in net tonight. Daniil Tarasov is confirmed for Columbus, and we have talked about uh, Tarasov quite a bit. He has uh, not had a good season once again. 3.78 goals against, 881 save percentage. Uh, he did get the win against Anaheim, but, you know, that was An the Anaheim team in a tough spot coming off the road. Before that, he gave up five to Ottawa, three to Seattle, six to Seattle, five to Winnipeg. You get my drift. 
Uh, he has really struggled in between the pipes for this uh, Columbus Blue Jackets team. So I think this does set up well for Buffalo, and I'm actually going about it a bunch of different ways here. Um, and now these are smaller bets across the board. It's not like this is one unit each or half a unit each. We're just spreading it across smaller bets one by one. Sabres puck line, I got it at minus a half plus 170. First period puck line on Buffalo uh, earlier today. Uh, the price has probably dropped on that because there has been money coming in on Buffalo since then. But you can still get plus 160, plus 164 with uh, Sabres puck line first period. I like Buffalo money line. I liked it at minus 135. Now it's up to minus 160. You know, I would be careful or maybe scale back how much you put on it. But I do like Sabres money line, although the line's climbed. I like Buffalo team total uh, over three and a half in this game, which is around even money, uh, plus 100. And I like full game over uh, six and a half in this game. Note the history in Columbus, Sabres versus Blue Jackets, one over after another. Been a very, very high scoring series history. Um, I didn't go with the uh, both teams to score in the first period because I don't know if Columbus is going to be chipping in uh, early in the game coming off that road trip. So I skipped the uh, first period looks here in this game. For me, it's going to be Buffalo puck line first period, Buffalo uh, money line, Buffalo team total over three and a half, and the full game uh, over six and a half here in this one. Uh, Alex Sabres Blue Jackets. Yeah, I, so it's funny. I was about to sprinkle on both teams to score, but uh, I might stay off of that now that you said that. I like the first period over. I already grabbed that minus $1.40, and I got full game over six and a half minus $1.22. I don't want to wait around. I think we can see some goals early in this contest. And you look at the history. I mean, we've seen a lot of goals, uh, some crazy. This has to be the only series, right, in a while where we've seen both teams win by nine four margins. Like that's that's going back to like the eighties when you see numbers like like that. But uh, we've seen nine of the last fourteen meetings go over in the first period. Uh, so getting a dollar forty there, it's a cheap enough price. Like I said, even if it's all Buffalo, only we just need two to catch it. So uh, laying it there with a one and a half in the first period and over six and a half in the full game. No doubt. Uh, I like uh, those looks, no question. Jordan Greenway with value. Skinner, Jeff Skinner, scored the last game. Maybe you can look in that direction. J.J. Paterka as well would be props I'd look at for Buffalo here in this game. On the uh, Columbus side of the equation, uh, you know, I don't know uh, how much they're going to – I'm sure they still will because Buffalo is not exactly a team that shuts out anybody. But like I say, the Russian trio is usually who I'd be uh, targeting as far as uh, goal props for them uh most nights all right next up we've got winnipeg and chicago uh with the winnipeg jets minus 280 road favorites five and a half the total in this game uh chicago with bedard back they haven't really gotten that big time bump since he's been back in the lineup as far as wins and losses are concerned they're one and three with him back they lost to pittsburgh they beat, did beat ottawa three two at home which was a pretty good win uh, then they lost on the road at carolina pretty t uh, obviously against a very good team uh, and then they lost 3-1 at home to the uh, Philadelphia Flyers uh, after that we'll see how this one plays out but I don't know for some reason with Winnipeg coming off games against Calgary and Minnesota and Vancouver this does feel like this could be a little bit of a lackadaisical spot if you will for the road team here the Winnipeg Jets coming off a 6-3 win against Minnesota uh, the other night uh, they they are four and one in their last five games after the slide they had coming out of the All Star break. And it's worth noting when the Jets and the Hawks have played this year, man, they've been very tight competitive games for the most part. You look at the first meeting in Winnipeg. Yes, the Jets won three one December second, but Chicago was right there in that game and it was pretty close most of the way. Then in Chicago, right around the Christmas holiday season, December twenty seventh, Chicago wins two to one in overtime uh, in that game. Uh, when it was actually the one and only Connor Bedard who got the game winner uh, in overtime for the Blackhawks that night to beat the Jets in overtime. And then you look at the last meeting in Winnipeg, January 11th, 2-1 to one Winnipeg, and it was a Nikolai Ehlers game-winning goal with a minute five seconds left in the third period of that game uh, to give the Winnipeg Jets a 2-1 to one victory. So, yeah, Russell, don't tell me draw. I'm telling you, draw for yours truly here. Uh, with the uh, Jets and the Blackhawks, plus 380 at FanDuel. It's a pretty good price. I just think in this game, like we talk about it all, all the time with Chicago, that at home they've had some of their better efforts with and without Bedard. They've been competitive at the United Center. Look what they did against Winnipeg at home earlier this year, beating them in overtime. That game went past regulation, so that's what I like here. 
the draw. I think there's potential. We see overtime here tonight. What do you think in this one, Alex? Winnipeg, Chicago. Yeah, I like the draw here as well. And if it wasn't for the fact that there's going to be the whole big ceremony on Sunday, I would probably even take a shot with the Hawks here as a dog at home. There could be a little bit of a look ahead because it's such a big event. But obviously, they, as a team, they really can't afford to look ahead to anybody because of how bad they are. You have to take everybody one game at a time. But in saying that, I think that this could be a, a kind of a slow pace to this this contest. We're seeing this five and a half there for a reason. These, this, this has been a historically under series with these two teams. But like I said, the Jets have played a lot of top tier physical teams. They could kind of you know skate into this with saying, "Hey, we don't really need to play at our full one hundred percent potential." And before you know it, this game's 1-1 one, one or 2-2 two, two going past regulation. So at that good of a price, plus 380, I will be on the draw there as well. Yeah, I like the draw. I don't trust Chicago quite enough to win, but hell, they did beat Winnipeg 2-1 to one, uh, last uh, in December in this building. But uh, I do think uh, Winnipeg, you know, uh, is still the better of these two teams. And with Hellebuck and Net, and I believe it is going to be Connor Hellebuck for uh, Winnipeg, you know, and Mrazek in net for Chicago, who, again, has been clearly the better of the two goalies for them. No question about that. Like I said, I think this is going to be one of those 2-1-3-1-3-2 type of games, which we have seen repeatedly uh, from these two teams here so far this season. So uh, I do like the draw, like I say, a little bit here, plus uh, plus 400 now at FanDuel. So uh, oh, wow. even better now the price there. So, yeah, it's certainly at that price, I think. The draw is certainly worth a look uh, in this one. Uh, for goal props, I don't like a ton of them because I think this could be a lower-scoring game, but I'd go Gabe Bellardi. Gabe Bellardi's starting to heat up again, and he is a streaky scorer, so I could definitely see him getting involved. There's no question. Um, you know, I would center around, you know, Dickinson, Bedard, Felino, Kurashev, that quartet, if you're going to take anyone for Chicago uh, right now. But, uh, yeah, those would be the main props I'd be looking at. Maybe Monaghan, too, as Alan says in the chat. But certainly Velarde is in particular is really starting to heat up again right now for uh, the uh, Winnipeg Jets. All right, the final game of this uh, Friday slate, we've got the uh, Edmonton Oilers hosting the Minnesota Wild, probably the best game of the night on paper. Edmonton minus 180, home favorites, six and a half the total uh, in this game. It's a bounce back spot for Edmonton after a, a 6-5 loss in overtime against Boston. Hell of a hockey game that was. Uh, exciting as hell back and forth up and down they went uh it was just a, a really fantastic hockey game we'll see if edmonton can bounce back from that edmonton since they had that 16 game winning streak snapped we thought maybe there'd be a little bit of a losing streak and they'd have trouble you know getting wins together but they have been good off a loss even since the uh, big win streak got snapped because they had the streak snapped by vegas they won their next game 5-3 they then lost to L.A. first game with Jim Hiller behind the bench after the coaching change. They bounced back to beat Detroit 8-4. to They lost at St. Louis. They bounced back to beat Dallas in overtime 4-3. So they've been good off a loss, and now here they are off a loss again. You know, I, it's a pretty good bounce-back spot for Edmonton, but as always with Edmonton, if I like them to be better and win when they're a minus-180 home favorite at home, I'm not taking the money line. You know what I'm taking. And that's Edmonton team total over three and a half here, uh, minus 128. That's what I'm on in this game. That's what makes sense. Because how many times do we see Edmonton win these days where they don't score four? You know, most of the time they do. I mean, look at the recent wins. Six goals against Arizona in a win. Four goals against Dallas in a win. Eight goals against Detroit in a win. Five goals against Anaheim in a win. Four goals against Nashville uh, in a win. When Edmonton wins, they often score four or more. So I like the Oilers team total over in this game, but that's not it. I'm, I ain't stopping there with this game. This is also an over trifecta game for me, and I'll explain why. I like first period over. I like both teams to score first period, and I like over six and a half in this game. It's Gustafson and Nett, who we know has not been great uh, of late here for the uh, Minnesota Wild, and it is Calvin Pickard in Nett, who's actually been a little bit better, believe it or not, in the short term than Skinner. But he still gives up three goals most of his starts, Pickard. And more importantly, I don't see Edmonton shutting down Minnesota, Alex, for this very reason. Special teams. Go and look at the special teams numbers the last 10 games. Look at Minnesota on the power play. The last six games, they have scored a power play goal, at least one power play goal. The last two games, remember they lit up Vancouver. Four power play goals on six attempts. The Winnipeg game, uh, even though they lost, two of their three goals were with the power play. 
They went two for four with the man advantage. Look at Edmonton's penalty killing since the, their 16-game win streak got snapped. It's been atrocious. It's been absolutely wretched. They have given up a power play goal, Edmonton, in seven straight games. And in those seven games, they have given up, I'm counting it up, 11, 11 power play goals Edmonton has given up in the last seven games. So you've got this red-hot Minnesota power play versus a struggling, reeling Edmonton penalty kill going into this game. So that's why I think Minnesota contributes to the offense, contributes to the scoring in this game to help these overs. So it's Edmonton team total over, and it's over trifecta for me in this game. Over one and a half, both teams to score first period, and the full game over six and a half as well. And noting the full game over here, Look at these games recently, 4-3, 7-4, head-to-head, 5-2, 5-3, We've seen a lot more overs than unders head-to-head with these two teams. Uh, Alex, what do you like here, Minnesota-Edmonton? So I like the over trifecta as well, but I'm playing it with a live twist. So first period over and full game overs, I'm just trying to get a little bit cheaper of pricing. So this is waiting – I'm talking about the first 90 seconds, two minutes into the game. They're just trying to get that 135 down to around a 115 try and get that 150 down to about a 135. That's what we're shooting for for that. We're going also with pregame. Both teams to score in the first period, plus 152. But I also like this, and you have to shop around. I see it at FanDuel. It could be at a, maybe DraftKings or a couple of spots. Total power play goals in the game, over one and a half, minus six, based on what you just said uh, with how, you know. The, That's the a really good bet. That really Edmonton. is. Yeah, wow. Yeah, with Edmonton, uh, you know, struggling on their penalty kill, but also having a great power play. So uh, over one and a half total power play goals minus a dollar six, along with both teams to score in the first period. Those are my pregame bets. Live looks on the first period over and full game over about 90 seconds to two minutes in, just trying to get a cheaper price on those current numbers of six and a half and one and a half. Yeah, I mean, it sets up like, I guess if you're Chris Knobloch, but you can, you can either improve the penalty kill. Or you just don't take penalties. You be disciplined. You keep your stick on the right. ice. Yeah. You know, you outwork teams for loose pucks rather than hooking them and holding them and interfering with them. Uh, maybe you just stay out of the damn box, you know, to fix this penalty kill. But if they take penalties again tonight, like Minnesota's popping right now with the power play, and you know that. You see this team up close and personal. This power play, look what they did to Vancouver. They completely turned that game around because their power play was lethal. And it lit up Vancouver. And the reason for that is... Kaprizov's popping. Zuccarello's playing well. Erickson X rolling right now uh, for them. Boldy, of course. So that power play's got it's it's going well. They're moving the puck well right now. They're shooting the puck a lot more too. That's yeah. something I've noticed with Minnesota. So again, Edmonton has given up eleven power play goals in their last seven games. That is just unsightly bad. And if you want to get really festive, you can go. They have uh, you know different props at FanDuel still. Alternate power play goals, three or more power play goals, plus 310. Yep. And you got shaky goal. I'm not believing yet in Calvin Pickard. Sorry. I know he's played pretty uh, well here these last few starts. He's actually been a little bit better than Skinner even lately, but I'm calming, I'm going to calm down a little bit with the, wow, we, he's, we've really got to be fearful of him right now uh, at this point in time. And Gustafson, as we've talked about, he hasn't been very good of late. So uh, shaky goal tending, I think, on both sides as well. Yeah. It's funny how people talk about Calvin Pickard as if he's still a prospect. This man's 31 years old. We've seen, I've seen him play with like 14 teams between the AHL and the NHL. This guy is who he is. He's a journeyman. He's a suitcase, and he will give you some solid goaltending at times. But he's not something you rely on. He's the same thing like we'd seen uh, with Detroit with Alex Lyon. Lyon's having a great year. Lyon helped Florida get into the playoffs last year, but he's just a spot guy, you know. So we have to you recognize some of these goalies for who they are. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, by the way, it's been three or more goals allowed for Philip Gustafson for Minnesota as well, six of the last seven games. I don't get it right all the time, and I had an up-and-down night. I had a bad start to the night last night, but a good finish, and the best bet for the show did hit. But what I did get right and what I nailed perfectly was this. I said it right after the losing streak ended, or the winning streak ended for Edmonton, that they were going to regress defensively. I didn't think they would regress this hard defensively but my goodness, they have. I mean, they're giving up goals again. The penalty kill can't stop anything right now. So it has definitely been a struggle for uh, Edmonton since that uh, to keep the puck out of the net. 
since that uh, 16 game win streak of theirs got uh, snapped. Uh, great stuff. We appreciate everyone joining us. Hit the like button. 166 live viewers. Oh, as far as props, I should point out uh, just before we uh, finish that game. That's a good prop game. Obviously, we think there's going to be some offense. But to me, Corey Perry will go back to the well. I jumped off at last game and sure enough, he scored. Even though he's on the third line, he's always a threat. Uh, I would look toward Fogel again. Warren Fogel, as long as he stays up on the top line with McDavid. Uh, he's always going to be a threat to score uh, for the uh, Oilers. So I would look in that direction. It looks like the Nuge, Ryan Nugent Hopkins might be back tonight after missing the uh, Boston game. Um, and Bouchard, I think, in games like this, too, uh, could be a threat. Uh, and Faber, I think this is a Faber game. Quarterbacking that power play, Brock Faber uh, gets involved. I might even sprinkle on Faber goal prop here uh, tonight. Uh, because of that power play that he quarterbacks and how lethal it is. And anyone that plays power, this is a good game for power play points for Minnesota. Eric Sinek, Zuccarello, Faber, uh, Rossi, whoever you can find, uh, Boldy, whoever you can find power play points. We're talking about a red-hot power play against a reeling penalty kill, Minnesota versus Edmonton here. So uh, this could be a night to go power play points with some Minnesota wild players here tonight in this game. No question about that given the uh, special teams matchup that at least on paper favors the uh, Minnesota wild uh, a reminder uh patreon.com slash ice guys just ten dollars per month make sure you sign up our daily sides totals and player props are posted there uh bonus content goalie charts totals charts bonus videos bonus content and more patreon exclusive live betcasts coming your way in the month of March and beyond. So make sure you jump on the uh, Patreon as a subscriber, just $10 per month, and your subscription fee goes a long way to keeping the show going for the long run. So patreon.com slash guys, just $10 per month. And a reminder, our next BetCast is actually a free-for-all BetCast. You don't have to be on Patreon to join us next Tuesday, February 27th, live BetCast, 7 p.m. Eastern. Uh, it's a great night of action. Dallas, Colorado, the headliner. Should be a great game. A DM or email me or Alex for a spot on the BetCast for next Tuesday, February 27th. Uh, and we will make sure that we, uh, you know, send you the uh, StreamYard link for the BetCast next Tuesday night. So we are definitely looking forward to that. Our next yeah. live BetCast, February 27th. And we're not going to have as many BetCasts in March because of the tournament and how busy it gets around March Madness with the NCAA tournament. So that's why we packed it full of BetCasts here in the month of February, and we're looking forward, obviously, to the one on Tuesday night. And, of course, as always, make sure you get your gear and your merch at the Ice Guys store, iceguys.myspreadshop.com. I've got wonderful news. One, the caps are finally back in stock, so we got everything that is fully in stock right now at the store, iceguys.myspreadshop.com. Number two, we have 20% off from now until the next seven days. Uh, just hit the redeem button at the top of the screen and you get 20% off of your entire order over at iceguys.myspreadshop.com. All right, there you go. Check it out. Get the caps, get all the gear you want at the Ice Guys store. All right, bargain bin special of the night and best bets coming up right after we hear once again from our great sponsors, Boston. <laughs> All right, Boston and Pink, make sure you check them out. Get on those daily great products that they have. And a reminder, you can get 20% off all orders on the website using the promo code ICEGUYS at bostonhempinc.com. All right, it is time for Bargain Bin Special of the Night. Frustrating because I went with Jesper Faust for Carolina, and my second choice was anything is possible. Martin Pospisil for Calgary, and he ends up scoring one of their goals last night. Uh, but uh, that's the way it goes sometimes. I still cast with Pospisil, but narrowly was going to be almost going to be the bargain bin choice. Wasn't, but that's all right. We've still had a great, great season beyond our wildest expectations with the uh, bargain bin special this season. Uh, Alex, uh, what have you found tonight for the bargain bin? 
it's funny you said that because I landed on Connor Zeri last night because I actually the player I wanted, but I realized he wasn't qualified for the bargain bin was Nazem Kadri. Didn't bet him at all. He ends up getting the, the game winning goal in overtime. So sometimes you miss him like that. Hopefully we don't miss one here. And I like one early in this contest with Minnesota and Edmonton. Talked about how been goals galore in the series. I like Matt Boldy to set the tone tonight. So give me him to score the first goal of the game at plus fourteen hundred for the Minnesota Wild. Uh, I guess the Edmonton Oilers tonight should be a, a fun back and forth battle. Uh, we're looking for Boldy to get it done first at plus fourteen hundred. My bargain is special for Friday. All right, there you go. Uh, Matt Boldy, first goal for the uh, Minnesota Wild. Do I get the uh, uh, first goal of the game against the Edmonton Oilers? Bargain bin special for Alex B. Smith. My bargain bin special uh, for this uh, slate. Uh, you know, three-game slate, some good opportunities, some good choices, no question about that. But uh, this is someone I could have used the other night, and he wasn't pr- uh, didn't quite get there as far as uh, make, get, making him my bargain bin. But we will tonight. He just barely makes the criteria, the price criteria, but we're going to go back to the Mr. Fogel, Warren Fogel for the Edmonton Oilers, plus 310 uh, at FanDuel uh, for my bargain bin special of the night. We saw him score against Boston up on that top line with McDavid uh, on Wednesday night. So for me, Warren Fogel, Edmonton Oilers, plus 310 uh, at FanDuel uh, for my bargain bin special of the night. Yeah, John Massey, Detroit St. Louis, will jump on right at noon Eastern tomorrow, and we'll talk about that game. Right now, I lean Red Wings team total over uh, in that game, but nothing definitive for that first game tomorrow. It'll, for me, it'll probably be first period over both teams to score. Uh, yeah. I'll tweet it out if I like it. Yeah, that's just leans right now. We'll try to jump on real early, like right at the top of the hour tomorrow, 12 Eastern. And by the way, it's just going to be Alex and I tomorrow on Saturday. Zach is uh, away again at another tournament. So uh, just Alex and I tomorrow for the uh, Friday edition or Saturday edition, rather, of the show. Noon Eastern, 11 a.m. Central tomorrow. All right, best bets to wrap up the show for Beantown Friday. Alex, what do you like for best bet? Man, well, we don't have much to choose from as far as games, but I'm debating... I'm going to go with the first period over with Buffalo Columbus minus $1.40. That's a decent price for a short card with a best bet. And I do like the spot. Nine of the last 14 meetings have gone over in the first period. These are goaltenders we don't trust, defenses we don't trust. So uh, give me CBJ and Buffalo first period over one and a half minus 140. My Friday best bet. All right, there we go. Friday best bet. Buffalo Columbus first period over uh, for Alex B. Smith. My best bet for this Friday card. Uh, boy, this is I'm debating over full game or Edmonton team total over in this game against uh, Minnesota here on uh, on um, uh, here tonight. I'm going to go with the Oiler team total. I feel good about that because they've been just automatic after a loss scoring four goals the next game. They've been really good at that. Gustafson's numbers aren't great. I think Minnesota is going to score, too. I really like the full game over the first period totals and the first period both teams to score as well. But you can only make one play your best bet. Uh, on the show, and I'm going to make it that Edmonton uh, team total over three and a half, minus 128 uh, for my best bet here for this Friday uh, NHL card. Uh, that'll wrap up this edition of the Ice Guys. Thanks to everyone for joining us. Hit the like button uh, on the way out. We appreciate it very much. A reminder, the Ice Guys is live seven days a week, Monday to Friday, 2 p.m. Eastern, Saturday and Sunday, noon Eastern. If you can't watch the show live, download the Ice Guys podcast in audio form on all major podcast platforms. Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, and more. Download the Ice Guys podcast when you can't watch the show live. For Alex B. Smith, I'm Ian Cameron. Have a great Friday night. Enjoy the games and good luck. And we will talk to you tomorrow on Saturday to break down a massive Saturday slate of NHL action right here on the Ice Guys. (laughs) 